This is episode 75 of the Rising Man podcast with Amy Louise Cash. Safety for women, period. Welcome back to the Rising Man podcast. I am Jetty Azuma, your host and creator of this show. We got a special episode this week, a real episode this week, dropping in with a very dear and close sister of mine. Yes, you heard correctly. We're bringing on another lady to the Rising Man so that we can continue to bridge the gaps between men and women, masculine, feminine, connecting the conversations that we're having in all these different spaces. So before we dive in, if you're craving brotherhood, accountability, and a space to practice masculinity, the likes of which you will find nowhere else, join us. Join us in the Rising Man Fire Circle. This is our virtual men's circle. We have two calls every month, a private Facebook group, direct support and connection with myself, my power team, and men from all over the world. You can sign up to be a part of the Rising Man Fire Circles by becoming a patron of the Rising Man podcast at www.patreon.com slash risingman. This grants you access to our private circle of brothers. This is your chance to support the podcast and get access to this inner ring of men that is going to help you level up your life and become the man you've always wanted to be. Our next Rising Man Fire Circle call is this Saturday, June 22nd from 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I've got a link for you if it's your first time. Just hit me up. All right, let me introduce my guest for this week's interview. Amy Louise Cash is a thought leader, transformational coach, and a catalyst for truth. As she continues her journey of truth, she is a stand for all humans to step into the truth of themselves and show up unapologetically in the world so they can share their unique medicine with all of life. On top of all the amazing accomplishments and all of the things that Amy does, she is a very close and dear sister of mine who I've gotten the pleasure of knowing and connecting more with over the past couple of years. And it was perfect to bring her onto the show to speak about this topic. In this episode, we heard Amy's definition of a boy and a man, that a boy is still working out what he wants, while a man is clear and ready for what he wants. A man is vulnerable, he's real, while the boy is still learning those lessons. I love asking this question of women, because we hear from about it so much from men with the difference between a boy and a man is I love hearing it from women, and her perspective was really great. We also discussed how frustrating it can be for women when men don't know what they want and don't go after what they want. How the potential to be men of our word is in our DNA, but it must be awakened, it must be activated, it must be practiced. We talked about how we, as a collective, all of us, have made the world unsafe for women and what we can do to reverse that. Amy also shared her story of being raped and sexually assaulted, what that experience was like from a woman's perspective, how it impacted her relationships with men, and what helped her regain her trust in men again. I brought her on the show specifically to speak about this topic because I think it's important for all of us, especially men, to be considering what the world is like for women and also listening for what our women need so that we can make this world a safer place. And lastly, we talked about why vulnerability is a superpower and makes a woman feel safe when, and here's the key, when shared in the right context. So amazing episode today. This is the second time ever we've got a lady on the Rising Man podcast. So please enjoy, without further ado, Amy Louise Cash. All right, Rising Man fam, I have a very, 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 very special guest on the show today. It is the second woman to ever join us here on the Rising Man podcast, my dear sister, coming in from the Gold Coast in Australia, Amy Louise Cash. How are you doing, sis? I'm good. I'm really excited to be on here. I'm so honored that you said yes and agreed to be on here. Number one, because I love speaking with you. And every time we chat together, we always come to some amazing discoveries. And, and also because you have such a really powerful story and message to share. And I'm excited and honored that you're willing to share that with the men here and anybody who's listening. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to share. Yes, yes, yes. Cool. So before we jump into the juicy stuff, let me ask you some opening questions. You ready? Yeah. All right. So what is the difference between a boy and a man? Hmm. I would say a boy is still working out what he wants and maybe is unclear on his purpose in life. And a man 
is super clear and knows and is ready for what he wants in his life. I like the simplicity of that answer. I, I've really enjoyed asking women this question because we've had a lot of guys on the show ask the same question. So the perspective from a woman, it's, it's interesting to see that it's, it's not all, all that different. Mm-hmm. But here's a follow-up question. Do you know a boy when you see one or and a man when you see one? And if so, what are the, some of the indications for you? I would say sometimes I know a boy when I see one, but more so when they start speaking. And mm. I guess like sometimes in the way they be, but also in the way they act. So mm. I feel like a man is clear and like owns who he is as a person, whereas a boy mm. can beat around the bush and like, Put on the mask, like the funny mask and like try and, you know, cover up who he truly is. So is there, is there an authentic piece that's missing between one yeah, or the other? for sure. Mm. I feel like the man is vulnerable and real and the boy is still learning to become that. Hmm. Well said. Well said. And, and I always, well, usually I preface this question with, with this, but now we'll do it afterwards, is that we're not demonizing the boy here, obviously. You know, there's the boy and the man have very specific roles to play in who, in who we are, who we be and how we develop, but speaking in context of becoming the men that we want to be men who are clear, who know what we want and who are able to walk in the world, carrying that it provides something to not just ourselves, but the people around us. And in this, in the context of this conversation for women, what, what do you get from a man when he shows up this way that you're speaking of when he's clear, honest, authentic, vulnerable, what does that provide for you? Safety, mm. trust, And like a real relationship, whether it's a friendship or Mm -hmm. an actual relationship, there's like this sense of safety and the trust, like that you can trust them as a person. And, and I think like, I want to come back to the purpose thing again. And, and you taught me this about men is Mm. a man or a boy that doesn't have purpose, like that can affect relationships in their life. Like they kind of need to find their purpose before they move into a relationship. And Mm -hmm. I real after you said that to me, it really landed. And then, and now I see it a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I feel like the, the boy is still unclear on what that is. And like you Mm -hmm. said, it's like nothing against the boy because you have to be a boy to become a man. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's just the journey and where you're at in the journey. Right. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I can remember being that boy and wanting nothing more than to be a man with clear purpose and vision and not needing the validation of anyone but myself. And it's actually really painful to not to not be there yet. When I remember it was probably in my mid-20s or early 20s where I became aware of that, that I wanted to be a man. I was starting to understand what a man would look like, show up like my version of a man. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I became really aware that that's not who I was yet. Mm-hmm. And there was still a part of me that wanted to provide that level of safety and certainty for my, my partners, my girlfriends at the time, but just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think just in relationship to what you're saying, what we're discovering here, what we're uncovering is just that, 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 it can be a really painful process. I know a lot of women, we're talking about relationships here. A lot of women get frustrated by men who are playing, who, who play games, mm-hmm. right? Who, who play games, who aren't, who, who don't honor their word, yeah. don't show up with integrity. And I always would try to remind women that it's not that we were deliberately trying to be deceptive or misleading. We just don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just haven't learned how to be our word, how to be a commitment. Yeah, it's all part of the it's all part of the journey. I think it's good for men and women to be having these conversations and realizing that we're all learning and we're all growing simultaneously. Absolutely. And I feel like as a woman, it's similar where we can go from a girl to a woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm, and yeah. this is literally a conversation I had yesterday where we go from this place of like like needing something in our life, like needing a man in our life versus pouring the love back into ourselves and finding it within instead of like trying to fill a void by needing that man in my life, you know? And it's like we become the woman when we can like find it within ourselves before needing it Mm -hmm. from somebody else. (laughs) Does that make sense? Absolutely. Oh, it totally does. It's so important. So important. We all have our, and and like we said, that's all part of the journey to becoming the men and women that we want to be. So Mm -hmm. no need to make that wrong. And no need to, to wish that away. If that's where you're at right now, 
awesome. Embrace it because we've all been there and it's an important process to go through. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. What do you love or, or appreciate most about men? Oh, what do I love or appreciate most about men? So much. <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like when you ask me that, I think of like the men in my life that I really love and trust. And what I love most is by those men, I feel so loved and seen and heard and supported. Mm. That's what I love most about the men in my life that are like my sort, like you. And like, there's a few special men in my life that I feel like mm. really loved, seen and heard by. And to mm. me, like in my journey, that's like everything for me, you know? Yeah. I love just their masculine energy. And mm. I feel like the care men have, like there's this sense of care that's different to a woman, you know, and the way mm. they go out of their way to provide for a woman. I really love that. It's really beautiful and it feels nice as a woman to receive that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I could keep well, let's, going let's all day. <laughs> well, no, let's, let's do this. Let's hear the contrary. What frustrates you most about men? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, what frustrates me most is probably for me in my journey right now is a man that doesn't know what he wants, mm. a man that doesn't go after what he wants, mm. which, you know, that's his own journey. Like it's, but that's just what annoys me. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, this can come back to like how we're showing up as women too, because it's all like, you know, plays a part in it too, I feel. Mm-hmm. But what frustrates me most, I would say just those things that I said, like a man that doesn't know what he wants mm. or yeah. a man that says he will show up and then doesn't. Oh yeah, that that also frustrates me about men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I was just having a conversation with a few men this week who are in that stage of wanting to be so committed, knowing that that's the next level for them but not knowing how to yet. And so again, I just feel like balancing that part of the conversation with it is something that is learned. Mm-hmm. We're not born into this life knowing how to be our word yeah. or how to be honorable or be, or be committed. It's something that we we learn by witnessing first, if we're fortunate to have men like that around us. Mm-hmm. If, we're, if we're not raised with men like that around us, then we have to go and seek them. Mm-hmm. And, and then modeling that behavior and, and making it embodied. And, and yeah. that, takes, that takes time. That takes time. It's not something that, it's in our DNA, but we've got to wake that DNA up and yeah. activate it and action it into our lives. So just a, just a reminder, I'm feeling, in my life right now, I'm feeling the importance of send, sending a lot of gentleness to the men who are, because I've been there and I am really hard on myself still. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys who are doing their best, who are really good men that just need to be a little more gentle with themselves mm-hmm. and then really, really allow the process to happen of becoming yeah. who you want to be. And like you said, it's something we learn, like depending on how we grew up, these are things that some of us don't even know or ways of being that we're like, oh, what that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe they need to be around men who have that so that they can see that, oh, I can lean into that too. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. maybe they've never hung around men that are like that. So it's foreign. Exactly. 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 And I think that one of the things that happens is at some point, part of becoming a man to me is getting rid of any excuses or reasons for not being the man that you know you can be. Mm. Getting rid of the excuse that of how I was raised or my father wasn't around or my father beat my mother or I was abused as a child. So dot, dot, dot. Letting go of those excuses and actually choosing to be the man that we want to be, not the man that we are by default. And that's also, that's, that's the work. That's the journey. That's, that's where we really take responsibility for ourselves Mm -hmm. in our way of being on this planet. And I think that's actually a really good segue into this conversation Mm because I know you and I, you know, we're, we're super connected. We've had a lot of conversations and because of some of, some events in your history and, and me now having a daughter, this conversation of safety for women has Mm -hmm. amplified for me. It's gone to a whole nother level. And I, I used to think it was just about keeping women safe. Now to me, it's about actually, this is the way that we heal our planet. Mm-hmm. If we walk it backwards from that place and we want to solve every problem on this planet, we got to start by making women feel safe again around men. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not anything that one individual has done, but as a collective, we as men have made it a very unsafe place for women. Mm-hmm. And so... um, 
So let's let's start talking about safety and and just for just for context, can you share a little bit about what happened to you that gave you an experience of not trusting men? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there's two parts that I want to share. Growing up, my dad was quite unpresent in my life. He wasn't very he wasn't around very much, and the memories I have of my dad, one main one being I danced professionally when I was younger growing up and he didn't very often come to watch me dance and perform. And this one time that he came to watch me dance, I was on stage dancing by myself and I was so excited that he was there and I looked down into the audience to to find him and he was sitting there reading a book and he wasn't watching me on the stage. And in that moment, like my heart just broke into a million pieces because I didn't feel seen or loved by my dad. I didn't feel worthy of my dad watching me dance. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I was quite, I was probably about eight, I think, when that happened. And I feel that from there, my my relationship with men shifted already where I mm. I felt unworthy and I felt unloved by my dad and I felt not seen or heard. And mm. Then as I became a teenager, I was super independent. I moved out of home at 16, had three jobs. I just wanted to do my own thing in life. And not long after I moved out of home, there was two people that I moved in with and they were older than me. And I got myself into a situation that I agreed to where I went nightclubbing at 16. So I was going nightclubbing underage, but coming from a dancing background, I wanted to do like, you know, this rebel thing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go dance and do the thing. And so I ended up doing that two weekends in a row. And on the second weekend, I got myself into a situation where I was raped by two men. And Mm. that was just like a really big turning point in my life where I completely shut down as, as a girl. And I became very insecure. I cared what people thought about me. I thought I was very unattractive. I thought, I already thought I was unworthy of love by my dad, but then I really felt unworthy of love by men. I thought men only mm. wanted me for one thing. That's a, that's what I would be good enough is just for one thing with men. And moving into my 20s, I would go out and take lots of drugs and drink lots of alcohol to find a little bit of confidence within myself to then approach a man and then go home with a man so that I could feel loved by a man for five minutes. Mm. And this became like a pattern in my life where I did this weekly because I just wanted to, I wanted to be like behind all of that was like this deep, like want and like desire to just feel loved by a man. And Mm. so I would go out and I would like use my body to, to feel love. And I did this like probably from the age of 21 to like 28. And I realized I was pretty much digging a hole for my self-worth, you know, and with that Mm -hmm. is self-love and self-confidence, like it all goes together. So I was just like burying myself pretty much. And Mm -hmm. then I went into my, like, as I sort of started moving into my 30s, at 31, I found personal development. I never knew what that was before. I didn't even know that the word self-love went together. And Mm -hmm. in that space of like 28 to 31, I went through this time of like really hating men and I, to the point where I'd like lock my car if a man walked past my car, if I walked into Mm. a cafe and a man walked in and he was like three meters away from me, inside my body, I would just like tense up and be like, what does he want from me? Like I just felt Mm. that every man wanted something from me sexually Mm. and it's scary. Can we pause there for for a second? Because- I want to I want to emphasize some some parts of this because mm-hmm. I have had some female friends, some really close female friends that have had a, a, their own experience of that of being abused or assaulted in, in some way, and I still feel like every time I hear a story like that, there's so much that I ha- that I just don't understand or appreciate because I walk on this earth as a man. I've seen only the world through a man's perspective and I still feel that there's so much more for me to learn. This is something I've really, really thought about since back in my, in my early twenties when I was like 22, 23 living in New York city. And I knew some women who had been raped and some of them really violently and really, you know, like at gunpoint at knife point and he just can't even comprehend that because that's not something I ever felt compelled to do mm-hmm. as a human being to someone else. So just my ears hearing this as a, as a man who has really listened to a lot of these stories, it's still so shocking to me. Mm-hmm. 
And it, sh- it really shouldn't be because, I mean, they say that one in three women now have a, an experience like this. Mm. And I think it's important. I'm not sure what the experience is for other men who will be listening to this, but just really recognizing the depth of the impact that this has mm. on on our women, on our, on our sisters, on our fellow human beings on this planet that... You, that you have that that you have that and how heavy that that how heavy that is and how how much it impacts you and we don't see it mm-hmm. we see we see a pretty face and a smile and somebody because uh, there's a lot of women most of the time they walk around in the world trying to make things seem okay right mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably went through a period of time like that as well yeah and it's it's just really difficult for us to appreciate that so I, I honor you and respect you and and love you so much for being confident and courageous enough to share this and to to be one of the women who are stepping forward and letting us know more of what's really happening, especially when we're not the ones who are, who are doing this. You know, yeah. there's a lot of men out there who are like, oh my God, that that's, that's crazy. I can't even imagine yeah. that. And you know, it's so interesting, like just as you're talking about that and you at the, just before you said about how like there is this thing where men have helped made women feel unsafe. Like it's just, that's mm-hmm. how this has happened. There's like this part of me that's like, oh, but like, and it's like, I want to protect the men now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so interesting. Like that, that just comes up for me, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like that always. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, and, and clearly you've done a lot of work and I think we're going to get into that in a second, but yeah, I think that's, that's ultimately where I think this conversation gets to go mm-hmm. is when we, as a human race, as a people can make our women feel more safe, take care of our women in a good way, and then go the extra mile and start to ask the questions. What about these men who have done these things? Mm. What happened to them? What, yes. what caused, what caused the man to do that yeah. to another, to another person? How, how much was he hurting? Who hurt him yeah. in his past? Because I don't think that people just are born to do that. Not, 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 at least not people that I know. You know, maybe there's an ex- a few exceptions, but we all have things that happen to us, like like going all the way back to childhood. You said you, you had that story about your your father and how much you wanted to be loved and how that played out in your life mm-hmm. moving forward. So, so yeah, I I I love that you share that too. That you you've gotten past that, but let's 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 rewind for a second and talk about the period of time where you really did hate and distrust men, because mm-hmm. that's something also I think we all get to appreciate. Yeah, so that was like a a period of my life where I. Like I said, like I would have these bodily like reactions if like a man was in my space. And I got to this point where I started like, you know, doing the work with myself, like personal development, you know, working on me. And Mm. I was asking myself like, what isn't working in my life? And one of the main things was like my relationship with men and with any man, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm ready to look at this, like something needs to shift. And so this one day, and I remember it so clearly because it was like the turning point for me, I went out for dinner and I was meeting one of my friends out and I got there first. So I walked in and the waitress came over and she was like, are you okay? And I said, I just want to get a table for two. And she's like, oh, let me get the manager. And I was like, okay. And like, she didn't need to get the manager. The the place was empty, but she went and got the manager. Of course, he's a man. And he walked mm-hmm. over and he's like, hi, can I help you? And I said, I just wanted to get a table for two. And he said, inside or outside? And I said, oh, can I have the table right up in the corner outside? And he said, oh, that's where I was going to sit you. And I said, oh, thank you. And then I follow him up there. And normally what I would do is like sit at the table, get my phone out and like not even make eye contact with him and just like look down at my phone. And mm-hmm. so I w- follow him up there and I was like, this is the moment that I have to do something differently to what I would normally do. And so I sat Mm. down and I just went, oh, thank you so much for seating me at this table. It's perfect. It's right beside the heater and it's like not so noisy. And he went, oh, no worries. And I said, oh, what's your name? And he said, my name's Bennett. And I said, oh, nice to meet you, Bennett. I'm Amy. Thank you so much for looking after me. And he was like, oh, no worries at all. And like in that moment, I felt so respected by him Mm. instead of, threatened because that would be a moment where I'd normally feel like, oh, he's going to want something from me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then for the rest, and then as that moment came, my friend walked over and I went, oh, Bennett, this is my friend, Sarah, Sarah, this is Bennett. And then he literally just looked after our table all night, like beautifully, Mm -hmm. you know? And that was so little probably in some people's eyes, but for me, such a big moment because I pushed through a fear that 
like of making eye contact with him, of like having a conversation with him and appreciating him. And it literally changed everything that from that moment on now, this is like three years later, every single place I go to, whether it's like a cafe or a restaurant, man or woman serving me, I always make eye contact and I ask them what their name is and just have a little conversation because that's still nice. an edge for me, but it's mm-hmm. built, it's helped me build trust in men. It's such a beautiful story because it's, it's so simple and yet I, I can really appreciate what it took for you to be able to do that, especially after all of those years of, of trauma mm-hmm. um, repeating themselves in your, in your head. Because that's what happens, right? Is we have a traumatic experience and then our brain tells us over and over again that that's going to happen again. Watch out. That's going to happen again. Watch <laughs> yes. out. And so it's such a courageous thing you did to override that, the, the warning signs blaring mm-hmm. to, to, to give yourself a different experience. And as I was listening to your story, I was imagining being Bennett, being this, being the manager and, and a pretty woman walks in. And even outside of that example, I know as a man, a lot of times I'm waiting for an invitation mm-hmm. to meet a woman where she's at because of exactly what you said. I have this belief that there's a lot of women in the world that believe if I say a nice thing to them, then what does he want from me? Yes. So I've had my own experience of trying to disrupt the norms and rattle people's expectations by showing up as, as a really friendly, unimposing guy and mm-hmm. giving whenever there's an opportunity, I wouldn't, I don't want to give people this idea that I'm walking around the world as a vigilante trying to, (laughs) trying to transform everybody's dynamic or relationship they have with men. But every time there's an opportunity to be really gentle and really present and really unimposing, I think it's really, I think it's, I take it as an opportunity to Mm -hmm. give women a different experience because of the world being so feel, feeling so unsafe Mm -hmm. a lot of the times. And I think, yeah, I love that you do that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny sometimes because I'm a married man. So that also is something that I feel a little, I, I felt a little funny in the beginning because obviously I know I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any interest in any relationship outside of my marriage. I'm committed mm-hmm. to, to my, to my partner, but then, you know, I've got this ring on my finger and then it is, is, is the person that, that I'm approaching, are they going to feel awkward? If, especially if it's somebody that knows that I'm married, can I, can I actually be really nice to them and say, give them a compliment? Are they going to think, well, what does this guy want from me? Mm-hmm. And I, and I noticed it's that that's something that we get to shift. Why, why don't we have a create a reality where we can be complimentary and loving to each other without yes. any the expectation of where that's going to lead and what that's going to go to. Yeah. And, and just receive it as a compliment as what it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I do that sometimes. There's, there's been a couple of times where I've, I've just walked up to a, a young lady and said, you're, you're really beautiful. And thank you for bringing your beauty into this, into this world. That's all. Have a great mm-hmm. day. And sometimes I'll get a look where they're just like, what was that? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll, like they really receive it. They're like, whoa it hits them like a, like a punch in the chest. Like, really? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's always a little bit of a puzzled look because of how unusual that is, yes. how unusual that dialogue is. And I think it just gets to be more of the norm, especially yeah. when we're working on ourselves on this level where we can create safety for each other mm-hmm. on both sides. Yeah, for real. Yeah. And I, I, I feel so grateful for like, you know, the circle that we both have because we've, I feel like we all are that way mm-hmm. and with each other. And I guess it's because we've been working on this for a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, like with the compliment thing, that's another thing that's gone with me shifting my relationship with men. It's like speaking what's there for me in the moment with men. So if, if there is a man that I feel attracted to, or I think he's really handsome, an edge for me is telling the man that without Hmm. any expectation of anything, you know, just like pushing through an edge of mine and speaking my truth. And so that's something that I've been doing for the last couple of years. And if anything, it's built my confidence as a woman. Um, Mm. And at the same time, I feel really good because I'm giving a man a compliment. Yeah. 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 It's, I like, I I love that because it's, again, it's, it's not the norm. It's not, it's not even what we're taught. Mm -hmm. We're, we're taught that men pursue women. Even just that belief alone is so backwards and messed up. Like, well, well, who decided that? Who decided that men have to pursue women? And even that word, men pursuing women, that doesn't really sound like a very 
nice way of relating to each to each yes. other to me the the word pursuit is very close to the word chase which is yeah. very close to something that is unsafe yeah. so yeah so i think we just get to to shake things up a little bit more mm-hmm. and i'm really interested in hearing more about what helped you to regain trust in men cuz there's going to be a lot of men listening to this i'm sure women also but a lot of men listening to this who who really want to see a different reality for for our women out there, mm-hmm. for our sisters, for our, our friends. So what, what do we need to know about that? Yeah, so for me, what helped me regain trust was starting to work on myself and like looking at all the areas of myself that I didn't trust firstly about me mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and really like finding exactly what they were and then stretching myself, you know, in all different ways mm-hmm. with men putting myself in uncomfortable situations, which I knew that were going to propel me forward. And Mm. like, it really started with that cafe thing. And Mm -hmm. then like now when I go into a cafe and a man walks in, even if I have that feeling, I still just say hello because it's like me pushing past that little fear. Mm. And I feel like for me, it can, the work continues, you know, like I Mm. feel like I literally, just scratch the surface on all my sexual trauma. And now it's sort of coming back into my life again for me to work through and deepen my relationship with myself. Because I feel that as women, we play a big part in the way men are with us too, mm. you know? And what, how I see that is like the beautiful relationships that I have is, you know, for you, you for example, I have such a beautiful relationship with you and you know, you said to me once, like, it's a reflection of you and how you mm-hmm. be. And so how I be with you in our friendship is like a reflection of you. So mm-hmm. I get to look at that in all other relationships that I have with men, mm-hmm. you know, and I really feel like it's an inside game mm-hmm. and going inwards and seeing like where as women we are not willing to go or what what isn't working for us and you know, with the work I do with women now, a lot of it's about teaching them how to understand men and how to be with men because I've gone from this place of hating and like not wanting men in my life at all to loving, being inspired and admiring men for for who they are and Mm. seeing like all the beauty in men rather than all the things that they're not, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's changed everything. Just even that, like, you know, choosing to feel inspired by them and love them. It's like Mm. changed the whole game for me. Mm -hmm. Just like being Mm. so conscious about how I be with a man, the things I say, being really conscious of like emasculation Mm -hmm. and how that can show up and where I've done that in the past, you know, Mm. all of those things. Yeah. And I love hearing you say that because this is, this is, this is really the dialogue that gets to happen between the masculine and the feminine within ourselves as individuals, but just, you know, men and women who tend to be men who tend to be masculine, women who tend to be feminine, because I believe that every man wants nothing more than to be of service, Mm -hmm. wants to be of great service, especially to women. And we're either looking for an invitation or an opportunity or something to present itself that allows us to be that Sometimes we can't find how to be of service within ourselves. And that's, that's an individual journey, but it's, that's why it has to be a back and forth relationship where women are giving us that invitation, trusting enough, right? Trusting enough that, well, let me, let me let this man in, even if it's not in an intimate way, let me let this man into my life to hold the door open for me or to help me carry my groceries to my car. Like yeah. s- simple stuff, but not even the non-intimate stuff is mm-hmm. very edgy these days. Yeah. And those simple things I, I really believe are going to create a whole different culture, a whole different way that we get to relate to each other. And I've told you this before, and I've said it here on the podcast, it's never been more present to me than now. Mm-hmm. Actually having a little girl in my life that I'm responsible for, that I'm, I'm a protector of, who one day will go out into the world to be her own independent woman mm-hmm. and to give her an example and experience of what she should look for and expect from men how she should expect to be treated, I think is really important. And mm-hmm. so that the father daughter role is something that's really, really present to me right now. And, and even hearing that in your story helps me to understand that even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something yeah. else I want to add is for me, men being vulnerable is 
like a really big thing with a woman, whether it's a friendship, whatever it is, like a little boy and grandfather, like whatever, the vulnerability Mm. is so beautiful. And for me, that is like the biggest connection point Mm. as a woman, like a man who can just be vulnerable and like share the things that, you know, as men or boys, we're taught like vulnerability is weak. Vulnerability is like the complete opposite to weak, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. It's like everything, you know? <laughs> it's like this yeah. connection point. It's just like makes my heart like crack open with that person, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just thinking like about some of the, like my man friends in my life that are vulnerable and how just so much I love them so much because they're so vulnerable. And that makes me feel safe as a woman. Mm-hmm with a man. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's important. And I've, I've had this conversation a lot because the conversation of men being vulnerable, especially men being vulnerable with their partners, I think that there's a, a, a spectrum and context around how, when, and where, and what we divulge is at, as far as vulnerability. Because, and here's where I draw the distinction. If I unload something onto my partner, especially if I if she's the first person that I'm asking for support with, that is going to make her feel less safe you know, maybe, maybe it's a financial thing. Like, Oh my God, honey, I don't know what we're going to do about money. It's, it's very easy for her to, it would be very easy for her to take that on and spin out Mm -hmm. into her own fears and apprehensions about that. So, and this is, this is just me. I'm not saying this is the right way, but there are certain things that I know would be really edgy or would make Carrie feel unsafe that I go to my men with Mm -hmm. at least first to get clear on, okay, I'm going to be all right. Here's my plan. (laughs) Now I have something I I can go back and share with her what is happening and also have a solution for it. So she doesn't have to experience feeling unsafe and having a a husband who has no idea what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And so, and then also I do see, I do see the other, the value in that is that if I, if I show you something that is real for me, especially an emotion that's real for me, it's like, Oh, there he is. There's, there's the human beneath the armor and the, the muscles yeah. and the confidence that we as men feel we need to be a lot of times out in the world to, mm-hmm. to make people feel safe around us. Yeah. So. And I think that that's what I'm talking about is like the emotion, mm. you know, and, and allowing yourself to go there with a woman and not need to be the strong one and hold it all together. Mm. Because mm. to me, that's letting us into your heart. Yeah. 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 Let me ask you this, because this is also a really big topic for me, is men having the freedom. So my big thing right now is safety for women, freedom for men. And when I talk about freedom for men, I'm talking about men having the freedom to express themselves, like the real, honest expression, the full spectrum from grief, sadness, like the real dark stuff, all the way up to joy and exhilaration and especially anger and rage. So as a woman, especially a woman who's had an experience of being assaulted, what is the, I, when you, if you see a man or think of a man expressing anger, what, what does that do for you or how does that affect you? Honestly, it doesn't really affect me. Mm. The anger side of things. Um, I'm trying to think like, has that ever affected me? But I don't think it, for me, and maybe it's because I'm in the, this personal development work, but to me, I feel like it's so powerful. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm all about expressing anger or expressing whatever emotion it is. I invite that and I encourage it because I feel that it's a release and we all need to do that in our life. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a huge advocate for that because I, if we're not expressing it, then it's that energy is still living somewhere within us mm-hmm. and it's, it's what creates a ticking time bomb in us. And so I think it's what you just said is a testament to how important it is for all of us to get more comfortable with mm-hmm. that. And, and that, that's just men being able to express themselves. All, women also being able to express that grief, sadness, anger, frustration, joy, the full range of it, because there's still so much of the world that that is completely foreign and scary to mm-hmm. a man or a woman expressing those peaks of emotion. Yes. In fact, I joke a lot. I say, if mm-hmm. I went into the middle of the street right now and I expressed my anger and my frustration, just out into the into the air, not doing violence on anyone or myself, I'd still get the cops called on me 99% of the time because it's just, it's just not what we do as yes, people. Yes, exactly. And I want to say that, 
And this is something I realized about myself yesterday is I had a very vulnerable moment with a few of my friends yesterday where I sat there and I sobbed and I cried ugly, really ugly tears. And Mm. I was literally being held by a man and two women in a space. But for me, that was like me being vulnerable. And Mm. here I am saying that vulnerability is just so like, you know, it's a connection point for me. Yet I just realized in this moment that that's an edge for me Mm. with anybody, Mm. you know, it's like, that's for me to sit there and cry really ugly tears and like be seen in that vulnerability was probably the first time I've ever done that before. And Mm -hmm. that was like, I just realized that, wow, I'm wanting a man that like is that yet I haven't Mm -hmm. been willing to be that myself. Mm-hmm. So just and like a had a realization. Big insight. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> awesome. Rising Man podcast insight for you. Yeah. Boom, like that. <laughs> um, well, I mean, this this conversation is just is just such an important one to be having. And I'm really grateful that you ag- agreed to, to share your story and share your truth here. And I, I see you doing that in in your work outside of just this interview, mm-hmm. you know, really, really being a leader and an advocate for that. So, um, what do you, what are your thoughts about the, cause we talked about it a little bit about how you regaining trust for men and healing your relationship with all men. Mm-hmm. I imagine, and maybe I'm making an assumption that some of the hardest men to forgive or find love for again, are the ones who have raped, assaulted, abused, been violent with, with women or, or anybody really. How, how do you, where's your stance on that at this point in your healing? Can you reword that for me? So let's say, for example, if, if, if you've ever encountered a man that you knew has raped a, another woman, like how, how, do you, how do you feel about men who have, who have done something like that to women? Have, have you healed that part? Is there still a part of it that is unresolved for you? I feel like I've healed it. Like for me, there's not really any charge around that. And, you know, you said it earlier, men who have done things like that, I wonder what happened to them or how they were brought up or what experiences they went through that had them do that. And that's what I go back to. I'm like, I wonder what happened to them. Like what did they go through for then them to be acting this way? And I feel like compassion towards them. So how did you get to that place? How did you get to that place? Because even if it's not a woman experiencing that for a man, just anybody who is finding compassion for somebody that they feel has wronged them in the past or any, anyone who represents them being wronged in the past, how, how did you find that? And how can other people find that compassion? I feel like I look for the beauty in everything now mm-hmm. rather, than the, rather than the negative, you know. And I guess through doing the inner work on myself, that's helped me so much. Like building that relationship with myself, I've built compassion for myself, which then I feel has helped me find compassion in all other people. And finding the beauty, you know, like Mm. last year I went through a really like intense breakup and I could have found all the like things that didn't work and what he did, what he did and like all the things, but I chose not to. And I chose to see the beauty in it and find the Mm. gratitude in like, wow, I got to experience deep intimacy and love. Wow. Now I know Mm. what's out there for me. I, I got to experience love like I never had before. Wow, like mm. I'm so grateful for that. And, you know, even like with these men that do these things, I don't know, I find the compassion now, but I feel like it's because yeah. I choose to see the beauty. Like if that didn't happen in my life, I wouldn't be coaching right now and doing what I really love to do. So mm. for me, I found that beauty in, I, like, of course it was a horrible thing to go through, yet, I can keep going back to the horribleness of it or I can just appreciate what came from it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's a lot of, that's a lot of years in the making, a lot of years yeah. and a lot of tears in the making, right? Yeah. <laughs> of getting to that point. Yeah. But it's, it's beautiful to be that you are a, an, an ambassador of that, that you can transform something in your past that was really challenging and dark and, mm-hmm. and painful into something really beautiful. So yeah, uh, and I you. see you as that. I see you as being like the living representation of that. So I love how you fell, not fell into, but found your way into the work that you do because it suits you so well. 
Thank you. Um, before we start to wrap up, there is a piece of this conversation that I think is also really relevant. We've touched on it a bit, but specifically the Me Too movement mm-hmm. and just a lot of these transgressions from men being brought to the surface and a lot of people being really exposed publicly for things that they've done. I know it's a really sensitive topic, so I'm always really cautious about how I speak about it. But my big issue with the Me Too movement is not that we're bringing awareness to all of the women who haven't shared their story before. In fact, that's the, that's my favorite part of it is that a lot of women were given the confidence and the courage to share their story, to speak out about it for the first time, to feel a sense of solidarity with their sisters mm-hmm. who have also been through that. And also, and men who are, who are empathetic to it. The part I have a problem with is women seeking retribution for those types of acts. I guess the word justice comes to mind, but justice in a sense of punishment, mm-hmm. not how can we heal this? It's how can I get someone else to feel what I felt? Mm. So I, I bring up that topic as, as like, you, you know, somebody who's had an, a woman who's had an experience of that. How, how do you hold all of that? And what are your, what are your thoughts on the whole me too? Yeah, thing? I very much in a, am in agreement with you. I feel that it's not about, well, maybe for some people it is in this me too movement is about getting people on board to like, you know, find the justice in like the people who have done it. But for me, it's more bringing an awareness to what's been happening and knowing that it happens to men too. Like it's not just women Mm -hmm. and it happens to humans. (laughs) It's like a human thing. Like take away Mm -hmm. the man and woman. Like it, it happens to a lot of different humans and Mm -hmm. it's more like bringing an awareness to it and, and, how can we shift it, shift this like globally, like within humanity and not make it, you know, a feminine femininity thing or, you know what I mean? I do. I feel yeah, like I, I have I totally a problem with these like women activists. Like I don't, I don't like any of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, here's the experience from a man and I've, I think I've shared this. I might've shared this when you had me on, do a live on your page, but anytime that I get to speak to a female audience, I, I usually bring this perspective in because especially around me too, you know, that feeling you get, I don't, I don't know if you get this or if it's just me, but maybe some people out there when you're driving on the, on the freeway, you know, you're going the speed limit, but you see a cop and you're like, Oh shit, what did I do wrong? <laughs> or even yeah. just like walking past the cop on the street, like passing them on the way in and out of the convenience <laughs> store. It's like, Oh shit. Am I, did I, did I do something? Am I, am I in trouble? Yeah. It's, it's such a funny thing about authority and law enforcement, but that feeling for me as a man walking on this planet was amplified when at the height of the Me Too movement because all of a sudden there's this heightened awareness and sensitivity around this topic. Again, I think really born from the right intention of mm-hmm. giving women the opportunity to, to bring their wounds to the light for healing. Mm-hmm. But the consequence of it is that it has made... It's, it's put a target on a lot of men's backs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, for us to not be trusted mm-hmm. all over again, all over again. Oh, here's another reminder of why men cannot be trusted. Here's example. Here's evidence of the world not being safe again. And yes, it's important that we let women know how to, to be mindful and aware, especially young women mm-hmm. who don't know the world, like teenage girls, mm-hmm. you know, to have that level of awareness and to really learn the right way. But if we're, if we're perpetuating this belief that, oh yeah, the world's not safe. Men do only want one thing. There's look at all these men who have done this terrible thing. All, all, it just bring, it sets us back mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. So. I want to say, I feel that that's where like standards and boundaries within ourselves come in so clear and strong, because if we're clear on our standards and boundaries as a woman, you know, we get to be a stand for them. And also our relationship with men we play a part in that, I feel. And, you know, this came to my awareness again yesterday where what I've been wanting is like connection with men and like them to receive from me. Yet what I realized yesterday is that I haven't been willing to receive from men. And so Mm. I've been like attracting these relationships into my life that are a mirror of me with receiving. Mm -hmm. But for me to allow, for me to have a man provide for me and give to me, I have to be the space to receive mm. and I have mm. to have help the man feel safe to approach me. And, you know, and I haven't yeah. been that space. Yes. And I thought I was, yes. 
So it's like this is where doing the work and having the beautiful environments around you that can hold the mirror up and like show you how you're being come in. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I I prefer that conversation is not how, how can everybody else be more responsible? How can I be more responsible mm-hmm. first? What is my part in this? Whether you're a man, woman, child, elder, doesn't matter. What is my role? How am I how am I being a part of the problem and how am I being part of the solution? Yes. Where do I fall on that scale? And what does the solution look like? <laughs> what does my contribution to the solution look like for me? It's, it's being a safe space for women whenever I have an opportunity to mm-hmm. starting with my wife and my daughter and my sisters, and then every woman that I get to come in contact with. Yeah. So I think it's a good question that we all get to ask ourselves, especially women. What is, what is my responsibility? What is my contribution to the solution in this because mm-hmm. um, it's also an empowering thing instead mm-hmm. of being the victim right even that word victim we talk about rape victim when we put those two words together it makes me want to vomit because mm-hmm. it's so disempowering yeah. so just eliminating that and how can how can we how can I be a part of of the solution here and then on a meta scale that's that's really going back to what I said before that's that's really going to mend and heal so much, so, so much for men and for women. And I do believe it's going to happen in our lifetime because I think we're already going there. And as long as we're the example for our children, then it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. So, And really like, and I've been having this conversation too, that's part of the reason we do this work on ourselves now so that we can be the generation to help the generations to come in, in choosing something new and not carrying forward this pain. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I could say this. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know the first thing about what it's like to be a woman, and so <laughs> I, I'm glad that I've got an amazing wife and amazing aunties that are surrounding yes. my daughter, like yourself, who <laughs> she will get to learn from. Powerful, em, em, embodied, smart, intelligent, charismatic women who will teach her how to take care of herself yes. and what to look for in men out in the world and also surrounding her with really good men too. Exactly. She's got some of the best aunties and uncles in the world and that's, that's by design. Yes. You know, totally. So, <laughs> so I think that's also something we get to be mindful of is what situations, what, what are we exposing our children to mm-hmm. our, our sons and our daughters and how exactly. is that impacting what we want them to take on? Cause that's what they do. They, they model what they see. Exactly. So for sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, clearly this is a topic that is that it gets me very energized in all different kinds of ways. There's there's times where it's made me feel very emotional just cuz especially in the past few weeks just honestly feeling some some like oh man, nervousness about sending my daughter out into the world and and recognizing how I don't want to feel that when I actually do send her out in the world. I still I still have some time. <laughs> we got we got some time to shift things up, um, but that was that was real for me. And I was like, okay, if I'm experiencing that, I must not be the only one. So, thank you for being a part of this conversation, and um, for everyone else who's listening to really to really take this on and take it in, because yeah. this is this is a big deal. This is a big conversation we all get to be having. Yeah, thank you for asking me to come on. It's been really beautiful and an honor to be on here. Yeah. Well, you're not done yet. We got a couple of uh, last lightning round style questions. Are you ready for those? (laughs) Okay. What is one thing that you've learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were 18? One thing. Hmm. Gosh, that's a hard question. (laughs) Um, One thing I learned that I was enough, Mm. just how Mm. I am, that I didn't need to hide all the things in my life, including this trauma that I went through um, Mm. because I hid that from 16 to 31 and Mm. like setting myself free by being vulnerable and sharing and that that was safe. Yes. Awesome. And what do you believe women need more of for men? Vulnerability. There you go. Nice. And last one, what is one message you have for men about women or even just let's just simplify it. One message you have for all the men out there we're listening that not all women are the same firstly and the women that maybe don't treat men the way that men get to be treated is because they don't know that there's another way like Mm. they're they're living their life through how they've grown up 
and they don't actually know that they can love men yet. Yet. Mm-hmm. The journey. Awesome. Awesome. And last but not least, how can people who are listening find you, follow you? What are the social media links, mm-hmm. the websites, anything you want to let us know about? Yep. So social media is the best. I'm on Instagram mainly these days and it's at Amy Louise Cash. And then Facebook's the same. And that's like really the probably the best places to reach me on. Mm-hmm. Awesome, sis. Well, again, really honored and grateful that you decided to come on the show. And anytime I get to have a chat with you, I, I, know, I appreciate it. Now we good. now we just got to record it and share it with you know hundreds yeah. and thousands of people. So that's pretty <laughs> so cool. <good. laughs> I feel so um, excited that I'm the second woman. <laughs> I know. Yeah, isn't that isn't that uh, you're quite you're quite an esteemed guest. Yes. Not many women have been on here yet. <laughs> so, so great. Thank you for being here, and thank you for being you in every way that you are. Thank you for being you, Jetty, and just the work you're doing and just the brother you are in my life and how you, you help me to, to shift my relationship with men. I really receive that. That's, that's truly an honor. And I must be doing something right if, if you, you feel are. that way about me. So <laughs> thank you. I love you. And I look forward to having you here on here again sometime. Love you too. There you have it, folks. This was a very special episode for me. As you guys heard me mention on the episode, I've always had a part of me, a guardianship in me that has looked out for the safety of women. And I've had my own journey of learning what does it mean to be a man who stands for the safety of women. And I think it's an important conversation for each of us as men to reflect on how we've been in relationship with women, including our relationship to pornography, our relationship with objectifying women through different images, through the media, through social media, how we've related to women in an unspoken way, in an energetic way. So the way that we connect with women when it's nonverbal, it's even not a direct connection, but in the way that we view women, see women, appreciate the feminine beauty. I think it's a really important conversation that we all get to be and we all get to take an honest look at how we are and how we be, especially so that we can put an end to the violence, to the abuse, to the assault that is happening on so many women around the world. One in every three women will experience rape, sexual abuse, sexual assault. It's unacceptable. Unacceptable. So I hope that this episode was eye-opening, was illuminating, was inspiring for you to see how you can be part of the solution, part of the difference that we make so we can make this world a safer place for all of our women out there, especially, especially the little ones, especially the little ones coming up, but all women, all women, let's make this world a better place for every single female to feel free to be beautiful, to feel free to be fully expressed, to feel free to walk down the street without having to worry about being assaulted or taken advantage of. And if you want to be as part of that change, of that movement, join us in our next Rising Man Fire Circle. Like I mentioned, it's June 22nd, this Saturday, from 3 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can join us by contributing at patreon.com slash risingman. Sign up for the $33 a month tier to contribute to the podcast and get yourself access to the inner circle. Or if this is your first time and you want to come check us out, just send me a direct message and I'll hit you up with the link for this month's fire circle. So take action. We want you all to be there. As always, check out the show notes for links and resources at therisingmanpodcast.com. Shout out to my man Julian Subic, making sure those notes are spot on for you each and every week. Julian is the man who also comes up with the titles and, and all of the inspirational messages around the intro for the show to get you guys sucked into the episode. So shout out to Julian for doing that work. Please, please subscribe and follow us on the podcast app of your choice. And a special request for you guys out there who haven't done this yet. I know everybody says this, please leave a review, but... I'm asking you right now, please just pause this episode. Take three minutes to go over to iTunes and leave a review. Tell the world what you think of the Rising Man podcast. Because we've got a goal of getting at least 10 reviews every single month so that more and more people can see just what a big impact this show is having on people. And not only that, you're going to help more men see what The Rising Man is all about. And when we get more reviews, when we get higher ratings, it's what attracts other guests who want to be on this show. It's going to increase the value of this show and, and what guests can bring to this audience. So please leave your reviews. Please leave your comments. It goes a long way towards making The Rising Man spread as a whole movement, as a whole message. 
Thank you all for doing that, taking the time to do it. Appreciate you guys. Please check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Podcast. My man Rowan Tyne at Rowan Tyne on Instagram has been hooking us up over there. Please go check it out, like it up, share all the content that you guys see coming out there so that more men and more women can know about what we're doing over here. Shout out to my man Sean Offenbach at Infinite Melodics at Infinite M E L O D I X. Editing and scrubbing this episode so that it sounds really nice when you listen to it in your earbuds or in your car or wherever you're listening to it. My man is filling up his roster of podcast clients, of guys and ladies also who need some audio engineering needs. So if you ever had the desire to start your podcast or get things going, make sure you guys hit up Sean at Infinite Melodics because he ain't going to be available soon. His, his dance card's filling up. And last but not least, Mark Rose, who has been serving as our fire circle tender community liaison. My man has been holding it down inside there. Any of you guys who sign up for the Rising Man Fire Circle, Mark will be the first one to reach out to you and get you onboarded. So Mark, thank you for everything you're doing there, brother. And for everybody else out there, as always, until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.